This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Flow Racing is the ultimate digital home track for race fans everywhere. Subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. Flow Racing has something for everyone, like NASCAR Weekly Series, Sprint Car Racing, Drag Racing, Off-Road Racing, and much, much more. Learn more at flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Boot team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here's your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you. And what a week. What a week this has been. And we've had a lot going on coming out of the Roval. Obviously, we've got... um, couple of penalties that have been issued that are headed for appeals. One involves Kevin Harvick. One involves his teammate Cole Custer for uh, perceived shenanigans at the end of the Bank of America Roval 400. 
As of now, there's no verdict on those appeals, but stay tuned. We'll find out what's going to happen with those as all of this sets us up into the round of eight. The round of eight going to break loose for the NASCAR Xfinity Series and NASCAR Cup Series this weekend. And uh, it's going to be interesting what we're going to see here. We are getting down to it, my friends. We've got a month of racing left. we got four races to go in the season for Xfinity and Cup. We've got two left for trucks. More on that in a moment. But it's going to be a fun time, and we don't know what we're going to get because, well, quite frankly, we've gotten used to that because a lot of us haven't gotten what we thought we were going to get all year long. A level of inconsistent expectations being met. I'll put it that way. Where we go in, we think we're going to get one thing. We come out, we're getting something else. 19 different winners, drivers spotlighting themselves in certain ways here and there. And man, we've had everything we can possibly come up with in 2022. And we're not done yet. We still got these four races to go. So we mentioned that it's the round of eight this weekend for Cup and Xfinity. It's the South Point 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is off, but will be in action next weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. So we figured we'd talk a little trucks while we had the time and the moment, and we're going to talk to a driver that is involved in the championship battle in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Just a little refresher for you here. Ty Majeski is already guaranteed a seat to run for the championship at Phoenix with the win that he just had in the series. Chandler Smith, Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, as of now, locked in. The final race of their regular season coming up next weekend. On the outside looking in, it's Christian Eckes and Stuart Friesen out by three. John Hunter Nemechek out by five. Grant Infinger out by 29. Heading into Homestead next weekend, let's check in with the driver of the number 18 Toyota Tundra for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Chandler Smith, he is 30 points above the cut, and he's on the NASCAR Live Wide Open Zoom hotline right now. Chandler, welcome back to NASCAR Live Wide Open. How we doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you, as always. Great catching up. I guess with the trucks being in a little little downtime right now, what have you been up to since the last time you've been on the racetrack at Talladega? Man, I haven't had any off time. So starting back, so I raced the Pen- I raced the Pensacola in a super late model race like two weeks ago, the week right before Talladega. Starting that week all the way to Phoenix, I'm going to be at the racetrack every weekend racing something. So like this past Sunday, I was up at Winchester testing for the Winchester 400 this weekend, and that's what I'm racing this weekend. So uh, no off time here. <laughs> I know you're you're involved in the in the truck championship run, but I've been watching your social media, the super late model stuff. You've really been involved in what kind of what kind of charge does that give you? Is that to stay sharp? Is it fun? What is what is the purpose of that, if any, with the super late models? All of the above, honestly. I, it, it keeps me sharp. Um, I feel like super late models are still are still the best race cars that we have in our time in general right now. I feel like they teach you the most about, you know, being disciplined, learning how to be finesse. Just a lot of different really key components that when you translate over to a radial tire and into the NASCAR ranks in general, all the stuff that you learn, super late model race and all the disciplines, everything that, you know, you master over there to be good over there, you take it over to truck racing and even Xfinity racing and it just kind of elevates your learning curve a lot faster and kind of like the maturing aspect of it too. Another reason is I really enjoy kind of helping helping teams as well, just bringing whatever I can bring to the table and helping develop whatever they got going on. As, if that's, you know, like there's a, there's a kid named Giovanni Ruggiero. I'd keep your, I'd keep your eye on him. He's, he's pretty good. And, um, he's my teammate over at Anthony Campy racing and I try my best to help him a little bit here and there whenever he needs it. So 
I, I really enjoy helping the development of, you know, small teams and kids coming up in the ranks a little bit as well. Um, but also, it, it definitely keeps me sharp as well. I love watching super late model racing, been able to take in some of it this year. You know, you talk about what you get from that and what it teaches you. You know, a lot of times people will talk ARCA, people will talk trucks as far as a driver's development. But you really do learn a lot of things down on the super late model level. How has that helped you be a better race car driver? Yeah, just like I said a second before, just learn like being disciplined, learning how to be finesse. Like there's a lot of different things that go into, you know, being really good consistently week in and week out in super late models. I'm really hands on. So a lot of the things. So I I help with all the setups and stuff like that as well. You know, being that in depth with to on that level as far as the super late model stuff goes once you go over to truck racing and even xfinity all the same stuff applies a little bit it's crazy because now i've got experience with you know aero and a lot of different stuff on the aero side of things and i'm sitting here trying to help help um, anthony right now we're trying to come up with a different front nose right now to 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 help with downforce and stuff as crazy as that sounds on a super late model thing but to my point though is I, now that I have that experience with aero and whatnot, I go back super racing and I can feel the air where beforehand I didn't have any experience with it. I wouldn't even notice it. And Kyle, I remember when I used to race for KBM on the super stuff and me and Kyle did a test down at uh, Pensacola together. And he was telling me that I was asking, I was like, do you think, do you think these things are really aerodependent? He said, oh Lord, yeah. I was like, what makes you say that? We're only going like 120 cents. Anything over 90 miles an hour is aerodependent. It doesn't matter what you're racing, even if it's a freaking street stock. He said, once you get over 90 miles an hour is when you start feeling the aero effect, no matter what. He's like, in super late models, big time. He's like, dude, I come down here now and I'll get aero tight behind guys going, uh, just following them through one and two. If my left front isn't barely poked out, it's the craziest thing ever. I was like, huh. That's interesting. So now with my experience, I was I was joking with uh, my past team last year. We went to no, this was two years ago, Nashville. Um, I was leading, and long story short, uh, a guy passed me on the outside, and he was sitting on my door. But he passed me pretty dang quick and had a lot of momentum. That out of nowhere, I just got sideways. Like I was good, 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 just snapped sideways and kept on trucking. After he passed me, I was like. That guy just took all the side force off of me. What in the world just happened there? And that was when it was a really big eye opener to me. It was like, wow, these things are really aero dependent. So um, I definitely, when I go back super racing and stuff now, I take a big look at, you know, aero platform and stuff like that, because ever since I have, you know, we've gotten a lot better over time. So, And I would say that learning aero and, and, and learning how air travels over race vehicle has helped you in the trucks because that's one of the boxiest race vehicles of all to drive and the aero is very sensitive there as well no oh no 100 percent. like i was just joking with uh my new team owner yesterday chris rice i was like you know i'm really excited to be racing actual cars next year because these trucks are so freaking boxy and aero dependent that it's like you're just driving a semi around the racetrack it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous and we'll get to 2023 here coming up we got matters to tend to here in 2022 uh, off this coming weekend, next to last race of the year for the trucks coming up at Homestead, then another off weekend, then the season ends the first weekend of November at Phoenix. You're 30 points to the good. You're second on the playoff grid going in to Homestead. I would say that while there's probably some you want back, you can't drop your head about what's happened this year. Overall, it's been a pretty successful season for you been a really successful season we could sit here and talk about the what is all we want but at the end of the day 
we're in the second best position for the for the bigger picture going into Homestead and that's a really really big thing for us in our group we've came a very long way from you know last year where we started last year to where we ended last year was just a big leap for us like to be completely honest with you at the end of last year we were just as good as we are now it's just we did a horrible job through the regular season there's no sugarcoating about it and we paid for it when it got to the playoffs uh, we were put in a must-win situation in Bristol. We won, but once the uh, once the grid reset and I didn't have any playoff points hardly at all, like it really showed that. So we regrouped and had a game plan going forward for this year, and it was, hey, we're going to do our best. We're going to go get as many wins as we can through the uh, regular season, but we're also going to keep in mind stage points. And keeping in mind stage points is there's different sacrifices, right? You could throw away stage two to put yourself in position in stage three to win the race, and that's five playoff points. Or if you're not, if you know you ain't got a truck capable of winning that day, don't throw away stage two because every all the guys that are really good that have a truck capable of winning, they're gonna throw away stage two and you're gonna stay out and get collect that one stage point. It's just kind of like those little days like that stack up more and more and more. I mean, look at Ben Rhodes, right? He's won one race this year, but look at how many stage points he has. That they are a perfect example of why you gotta get stage points because they have it like there's nothing around it like. They haven't had an amazing year either. The 99 group hasn't, but they have a lot of stage points from just having one win. So um, they're a really good example of why you got to make your regular season really good and consistent. You can't just throw away after you get one win and lock yourself in. You can't just start throwing away races. You've got the third most stage points with 186. You've got the second most playoff points with 28. And it's been amazing to watch the playoff point I don't want to say uh, commodity or value, I guess, go up and down. It seems like that that's the most precious commodity in the cup gar- or in the truck garage. In your case, where stage points are important, it's the playoff points that help separate you when you get into this reseeding thing. And it's always amazing to watch strategies change depending on what you're chasing on any given day. Oh, 100%. Playoff points all the way until you get to Phoenix's. I mean, that's that. you might as well call that. That's what your championship is right there. You got... You want to go and get the most playoff points each weekend and week out, get more than your competitors. And then, um, you know, once the season's starting to wrap up, it'll pay its dividends for you and hopefully you'll get a bigger trophy for it. So you got a mile and a half to go in Homestead. You got a mile racetrack, a flat mile in Phoenix. Does that play into your wheelhouse? I don't know. I'll leave that to you guys. I'll let you decide if it plays into my wheelhouse or not. Well, you're the one has got to get it done on the racetrack. That's what makes us talk about it. I hear you, man. No, I mean, obviously, we were really good at Phoenix last year. There's no, there's nothing around that. So I've never been to Homestead, but it, from everything I've heard and the same time I've done and whatnot, um, it seems like it, sh- it suits my driving style. So we'll see. Uh, I can't wait to get to Homestead. That's uh, that's my personal favorite mile-and-a-half racetrack. It's a traditional mile-and-a-half oval, straightaways, corners at time together, well-weathered track. We'll see how it all unfolds. Triple header action. Motor Racing Network will have that call next weekend. You teased that you chatted with Chris Rice. He's the president of College Racing. Word and news has come out that you're going to move on to the College Racing situation next year. The number 16 car, A.J. Allmendinger, is going full-time cup racing. You're going to slide into that seat. What kind of announcement was that for you personally to add another rung on your professional ladder there with your step forward next year? I mean, it's huge because at the end of the day, um, I'm, I'm still 20 years old for me to just uh, be able to sign a I mean, my contract's three years, so to sign a three-year contract with a with a really top-notch team like Holly Grace, and that's a really big deal for myself right there. So, obviously, it was um, 
a part of me was like, this kind of sucks because I've been with Toyota for six to seven years and they're like, I just got there talking with them this week. They're all family to me. No matter, no matter if I'm racing or they're not involved in racing, they're, I always consider those guys family to me because they've done so much for me over the years. Even you take racing completely out of the aspect of it they have. So um, that part kind of sucked because it was like a, a bad breakup in a way. You know what I mean? Not in a way of like it was a bad, like it was a bad ending. It was just like, this kind of sucks. We couldn't couldn't work out to where I could stay in the in the ring, right? But at the end of the day, um, I got approached by Colleague Racing and they gave me a really good offer. They show a lot of interest and upside potential with myself and um, they're invested into me. And as any driver that is in this industry, you wanna go somewhere that people are gonna invest into you because those are the people that's gonna bust their butts more than anybody else. So um, it's no secret that Colleague Racing is gonna be a powerhouse team on the Cup Series one day. They already are in the Xfinity Series. I mean, look at what they're able to accomplish with AJ, Landon, and Daniel as it is. They're, they're right there week in and week out. So I'm really proud to be going there. I'm proud to be taking over AJ's seat. I, got, I know I got really big shoes to fill, but I'm gonna do my best not to, uh, not to uh, step on anything over there. I gotta, I gotta fill those shoes. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, though. <laughs> I love that. I love the way you put that. I, I guess my next question for you would be: This opportunity came to you in a different series. Was the future of Kyle Busch Motorsports and the uncertainty of where Kyle was going, and then now where he is going? Did that push you into looking for a ride? Were you looking for a different one already? What was the timing like of trying to figure out what the future was for KBM, but also trying to think about yourself and what your future was as well? Honestly, KBM had zero, zero influence on my decision at all. Like I'm a Toyota driver. I'm still a TRD driver to the second right now. So they had me taken care of. The I, We've been working on my plans for all the way back to April. We've been working on my plans just as long as everyone's been working on Kyle's. As, as I'm talking, I'm referring to me and Toyota. So, um, at the end of the day, just the, I had to take off my TRD cap, like I said with Bob. I had to take off my TRD cap and put on my family hat for a minute and really take a step back and say, what is the best thing for me and my family long term? Not short term, but long term. And at the end of the day, everything weighed out and it was God completely paved the path to where God was showing me he wanted me to go to college racing no matter what. And at the end of the day, that's who I serve. So. That is one of the biggest reasons why I went over there was because of that reason right there. But just like I said a second ago, man, they're they're really good people. They they Matt's a really good owner. He's completely invested into his people, into the sport, um, the business model that they have set up over there. I I absolutely love it. So they're going to be around for a really long time, and I want to be a part of it. Before we let you go, speaking of putting on different hats, uh, back on August fourth, you were able to put on a totally different hat, and that's the hat of. Father, you're about two months into fatherhood right now. What do you think? I'm loving it. I, actually, that's why I was a little late to showing up to the interview. Sorry about that. I was I was trying to tend to the baby boy. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's amazing, man. I love him to death. I, it's everyone talks about how like it's a completely different experience and this, that, and other, and like that still didn't do its justice. Like it really didn't. Like it was more than a completely different experience and a different love. Like it's it. There's no words that can that can describe fatherhood. Not, I'm not speaking for my wife or uh, any other mothers, but motherhood as well. There's nothing that can, there's nothing that you can honestly prepare for. The only thing you can do to prepare for it is grab you a freaking dog and and you you be young and live on your own and take care of a dog. Like I won't lie, 
We have two dogs and they they are a freaking handful. They are a handful. We have a Belgian Malinois and a little weenie dog and they are a handful, but they honestly helped us be more prepared than we would have been without them for for junior. That's amazing. And that that to me, well, but you know what? I guess it does give you the good starter set because you have that other being that is reliant on you and what you do or what you don't do. Plus, you got to be mindful of that individual or that dog or that that other entity. It makes you think about things outside of your own orbit, right? Oh, no, correct. I mean, at the end of the day, my my little Malinois, so Simba, he is my like he's my best buddy. He's my old but he's my pal, and he he's the most loving and affectionate dog to to his little circle. Now you come to mess with his daddy, he probably's gonna rip your head off. I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. He will rip your head off for it. But that's the thing is like so a lot of when we trained him and whatnot, a lot of dogs are like food driven. Well, he's straight up just praise driven. Like he just wants to know that he's loved. Like and he he knows he's loved. So anyways, like. That's a big, and same with Ly, our, our little weenie dog's name is Lilac. She's she's a mama's girl. So when I give Simba when I give Simba attention, she starts freaking out and comes running over there barking at everything. But uh, no, it's our little family. Before we had Junior, me and my wife used to talk about it all the time. I mean, we still do. Is God's truly blessed us. We have an amazing just little family here, and life life definitely couldn't get any better. Got a baby, got a couple of dogs, got a wife. You're running for a championship, super late model stuff. Man, there's a lot going on good in your world right now. I'm thankful and blessed. It all goes to the good Lord. I can promise you that. It isn't any of my doing. It's all of his blessings. Well, we appreciate you sharing all of this with us. Uh, All the best in winning your truck championship and uh, moving on next year to colleague in the Xfinity Series. Best of luck in your super late models and best of luck in creating a, a loving home and uh, for Chandler Smith Jr. As you call him, Jr., you got a great family and you got a great future ahead. We appreciate you spending time with us. Yeah, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. That's Chandler Smith, final race of the regular season coming up next weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway, and it's going to be a big weekend of racing down there. If you've not made your plans to come to South Florida and Homestead, you might want to do it. Puts on great racing and the weather's going to be spectacular, especially if You're in a part of the country that's starting to turn cold. Our coverage will begin a week from Saturday with the Baptist Health 200 for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. That's at 1230 Eastern. You'll hear the Contender Boats 300 from the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Doubleheader, same day. That'll be live coverage at 4 o'clock. And, of course, NASCAR Live Race Day on the air with the Dixie Vodka 400 for the Cup Cars one week from Sunday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But we've got matters to tend to for this weekend, specifically the odds for the South Point 400. Let's check them. They're brought to us by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. Producer Trey is here with the odds outlay for this weekend's run to Vegas. Trey, what are we thinking? Well, Mike, we've got a favorite that Vegas thinks is going to lock themselves in to the championship four, and that favorite is Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin sits at plus 550 to win at Las Vegas this weekend. Hamlin won the fall Las Vegas race just one year ago, and the Toyotas have had a ton of speed on the intermediate racetracks all season long. You've got three other playoff contenders, or actually two other playoff contenders, because it's hard to believe that Kyle Larson is no longer a playoff contender, but he is in the group of three at plus 800. It's Larson, it's Chase Elliott, and it's the guy whose win pretty much knocked Larson out, Christopher Bell, 
at plus 800 this weekend in Las Vegas. For my pick, though, I typically don't like to go towards the favorites, but I'm going to do it this weekend. I just think that the Toyotas on mile and a half are so strong. Once you get to this stage of the playoffs, you have got to favor the guys with experience, and there aren't a ton of them left. There are only three drivers left in the round of eight that have even been to a championship for, and two former champions. My pick is the betting favorite, Denny Hamlin, at plus 550. For the long shots this week, I keep mentioning how the Toyota is so fast on these intermediate racetracks, but Vegas has caught up to that. Even the Toyotas that aren't in the playoffs anymore still have good odds. Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. are at 10 to 1. Bubba Wallace, who won at Kansas, is 14 to 1. So the lowest Toyota is Ty Gibbs, and he's 80 to 1. Ty hasn't shown, you know, that top five speed or that top five capability in the Cup Series just yet, but worth a flyer there. But the long shot I probably had the most faith in this weekend is Daniel Suarez, who was just eliminated from the round of 12 as well. He sits at plus 3,300. And if you look back at Charlotte, uh, the, the Coke 600 earlier this year, the class of the field were the track house cars before they ran into trouble. Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain. And drivers talking about going to Vegas that you might have to look back at Charlotte because of how long ago Vegas was earlier this season for your best odds and your best or your best notes and your best notebook going into this weekend. So Suarez at plus 3,300 or 33 to 1. Gibbs at 80 to 1. But my pick to win this weekend is Hamlin at plus 550. And if you want to hear the odds on the entire round of eight, how Vegas thinks they stack up as far as winning a championship, go back and listen to this week's NASCAR Live on the same podcast feed. I break down the entire round of eight and how Vegas thinks they're going to do there. Well, I think that uh, Toyotas perhaps maybe could be the ones to watch this weekend. Uh, I like your pick of Denny Hamlin. And don't sleep on Christopher Bell. That team has come to life. They had a great first round of the playoffs. It was saved uh, in the last round with this win there at the Roval. And with the mile and a half coming up at Las Vegas and Homestead, buckle up, kids. Toyotas may bubble up to the surface and be contenders, especially in the South Point 400. It'll be the final race weekend of our friends over at the Performance Racing Network. They'll have the coverage for you this weekend. We're back with Homestead, Martinsville, and Phoenix, when we crown the champion the following week, the first weekend in November. Folks, that's all the time we have for you for this week. Don't forget, we'll be back with you again here for another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open. Next week, we will have NASCAR Live Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, this coming Tuesday night. And, of course, we're back at the track at Homestead Miami Speedway. I'd like to thank Chandler Smith for joining us. For producer Trey, I'm Mike Bagley. And for the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for the download. Appreciate you checking us out. And we'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live Wide Open. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? 
Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 